Aloha! You are listening to Inside the Desert Oasis Room, episode number 215. This episode is sponsored by the Tiki Bar T-Shirt Club, where their monthly t-shirt designs pay tribute to a Polynesian bar or restaurant from days long past. Each design is available for a limited time and will never be produced again. For the collectors out there, be sure to check out their subscription program, where they offer a discounted 3, 6, or 12-month plan, or you can always buy shirts one at a time. For more information and to check out this month's shirt, visit tikibartshirtclub.com. This podcast is sponsored by Frogtown Brewery, an independent craft brewery and taproom located in Northeast Los Angeles. Stop in and enjoy one of their excellent beers from their ever-changing, diverse menu. Tell them that Inside the Desert Oasis Room sent you and get your first pint on us. Limitations apply. For more information, go to frogtownbrewery.com and follow them on social media at Frogtown Brewery. Today, we welcome the boys from Don Papa Rum, Tomas de los Reyes and Ben Rojo. Tomas is a bartender, artist, and DJ, and one of the founding partners of Jeepney in New York City. And also from New York City comes Ben Rojo, mixologist extraordinaire and founder of Black Emperor Bar. Both extremely talented cocktailians, both instrumental in the current Filipino food movement, and both representing the iconic Filipino rum brand, Don Papa. As always, I hope you enjoy this episode as much as we did bringing it to you. If you'd like to follow our adventures, check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash polynesianpop, where we chronicle events, bars, travel spots, cocktail tutorials, and more. And if you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash polynesianpop, where membership grants you early access to podcasts and videos, front-of-the-line privileges to new merch releases, as well as exclusive content, meetups, and screen credits. All righty, let's get into this. Pour yourself some Don Papa rum and join us inside the Desert Oasis Room with my friends Tomas de los Reyes and Ben Rojo. Kids, my kids, they know Don Papa Rum. That's it. Are you doing a Don Papa event? That's they know. They know. <laughs> so I'm already out of this world right now in this room. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, you guys. Thank you. Thanks for saying. Trey Bazaar. <laughs> and for our listeners out there, welcome to another episode of Inside the Desert Oasis Room. We have a special night here with our friends from Don Papa and they were kind enough to bring me some rum that is not available yet out here so exclusive thank you thank you <laughs> for letting all, me taste that good. really good stuff I'm excited that you're here this thanks, room, thanks for coming thanks for having us it yeah. is we're, we're sitting in this room and just talking about how I don't know I don't know if the the audience is a lot of people have seen stills and stuff. I've seen stills from the picture. Yeah, can well, you get a sense of how 
well put together the room is because you know what i mean you're only seeing like one side that's of it that's nice of you to say i appreciate that ben thank it's you so much fucking cool well you know our listeners and our viewers are pretty familiar with the room and we've had quite a few of them here as guests mm-hmm. and of course guests of the podcast which are a lot of people in the industry and not just bar industry but i will say like the tiki subculture as a whole so artists and entertainers and writers authors musicians that kind of thing and then people like you guys that are actually in the rum and spirits industry mm-hmm. i've had the good fortune to have come here and be on the show or make cocktails for us which you know it's i'm obviously like very blessed to be able to do this and have people here so and i'm blessed to have you guys here so thank you yeah i love that you guys are you got your ear to the street, like what's happening in the bars and with that bringing the representation of the Filipino culture, people from our motherland, right? Word. Mm -hmm. Because of the history of the tiki cocktail and how much of it came from the Filipino immigrants, right? The, The four Filipinos that worked for Don's and the carvers and the servers and everyone else in between, all the artists in between. The, the guy who designed Tiki Bob was Filipino. Oh, get out of here. We were really? just talking about that. Right? Yeah. Yeah, he was Filipino. Well, he I was, was just, a, you know, I can see his mug right there. And I was talking about how I just saw. Yeah. Because they resurrected that uh, that corner or that that Tiki. Yeah, that yeah. They, they painted it and they basically restored him. <clears throat> yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, because for years they had had this tiki bob that was painted green because it's a mm. crepes restaurant and the, oh, the crepes restaurant was green and yellow and like yellow diamonds right and so he was green and of course people in the tiki community approached them and said hey do you know who you have outside people come out here and take pictures with him you guys should restore him and they did so kudos to them for doing that it's pretty cool yeah yeah i mean in that neighborhood of the tenderloin there are some relics out there and yeah, they just need a little bit of polishing up, and I you can you can easily find tons of gems all through the tenderloin, and so you know you got to get past all the other stuff right now. But. Right. Well, a block away from <clears throat> Tiki Bob is Trader Vic's Alley, where mm-hmm. the original San Francisco Trader Vic's was located, okay. and it's oh, still there. There's still a sign that says Trader Vic's Alley. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like yo, it's because I was born and raised in San Francisco, and I used to I used to hang out. All down, all through downtown, and I feel like I've definitely walked across it, but I didn't see. If you're at, if you're at uh, Tiki Bob, next time you're there, you're gonna. So if you're facing the corner, and you're gonna just kind of look up at like ten o'clock, uh-huh. that first alley. Just walk across the street and go up to that first alley. And then you'll see it says Trader Vic's Alley. You'll know because yeah, no, I feel there's like... a Desert Oasis room sticker on the side. Oh, word. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> we climbed up there and slapped one on there. So. Nice. Yeah. So I don't know if it's still there. Hopefully it's still there. But we it's, did that a few years ago. It's probably still there. Trust me. I hope it's still there. It's up there. I mean, you had to climb up to go put it up there. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no remnants of Trader Vic's there anymore. But if you walk through it, like I think, I don't know which space it was, but I think one of them, like maybe it was the big one on the left because there's a restaurant. Mm-hmm. The big one on the left. And so the original Trader Vicks was there. I have like this cable car. I don't know if it's a mug. Well, it's a ceramic thing. I think it held um, bar napkins. Oh, Because okay. it's square, squarish. You know, it's right over there on that shelf. 
from that San Francisco Trader Vic's. Oh, this That's is it actually wild. Yeah. an authentic piece. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, what? Like I mean, those. What? I mean, what's your best guess of when that was made? Best guess, I don't know. Maybe sixties. Maybe seventies. So, that, again, best guess. So, but I'm glad you guys are here. I want to uh, highlight you guys because, man, you guys were doing some crazy stuff out in New York. So for all the people that don't know, right, I want, I want to have them hear about you guys are entrepreneurs. Like, you guys are out here representing Don Papa now, but you guys are entre- entrepreneurs, right? So who should I start with? Are we going to do this, like... I'll definitely start with Kuya. I feel like I wouldn't have done half the stuff I did if, it, if he hadn't done... He hadn't been there blazing the trail before. All right. I love it. So for our listeners that don't know what Kuya means, that is a Filipino term for, like, big brother. And um, we're gonna we're gonna talk to our friend Tomas then, Tomas de los Reyes, boom, the man with the plan, the one and only. <laughs> Tomas moves. Tomas moves. Kuya. Tomas slash moves. Manong. <laughs> I love it. OG, you know, Kuya, the OG from NYC mm-hmm. that slash. ran Jeep knee. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, Filipinos. You know, they're all up in the hip hops. Too. <laughs> love it, love it. So, um, tell us about your background. How did you, uh, how did you start Jeepney, or or what what led you to Jeepney? Where were you before that, and all that stuff? All right, I'm gonna try to give you the cliff notes because <laughs> yeah, you, know, you did everything out there, man. I, I like, I, I kind of like talking about myself, but I really don't. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Now's just, the time. Now's the time. Okay, how much time? <laughs> I know. <laughs> it took me long enough to get here <laughs> through traffic, so I might as well use that much time to just dump it all on on table. Uh, anyways, um, been bartending. I've been bartending since roughly since the mid early '90s. Start oh, off. In, okay. Yeah, started off in San Francisco as a bar back in one of the probably one of the most legendary nightclubs in San Francisco. Okay. It's called a DV8. Oh yeah, I know yeah, that. Yeah. I know that from here from LA. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was this is beautiful club. It's yeah, definitely legendary. Uh shit, man. They had four floors and a basement. Wow. There was so much going on in this nightclub. Uh the owner was this infamous character Dr. Winky. Okay. Uh married to I think I don't know. I think she was a millionaire or a billionaire. Was really, it, there was a lot of rich Asians yeah. that would hang out there. Anyways, crazy, crazy rich Asians. Crazy rich. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Crazy rich Asians. I was. Yeah, I was like, all were over. Were they crazy? Uh, uh, I, I don't know. I, I know it's explicit, but I don't know about how much I can tell you on on the mic without getting in you trouble. You give it all. Yeah, someone will probably come back around. Hey, I heard that on the Desert Oasis room. <laughs> you keep it anonymous. <laughs> you weren't supposed to talk about that. Bye. Anyways, um, yeah. So I started off there, and uh, that's really where I got my taste of bartending. Um, but I have to say, it took me three years, almost three years. From being a barback because I was a badass barback. Nice. To oh, yeah. actually, you get... were a barback for three years, dude. That's that was my first taste of the industry was being a barback for three. And like I said, I was a badass barback. Yeah. And um, it's like gold. Yeah, and then you know they because yeah. barback great barbacks are hard to find. They wouldn't promote me. So finally, someone gave me a chance. And that's where I started bartending. Anyways, uh, uh, did a little stint in L.A. After that, then. Uh, wasn't until I moved to New York in 2003 where, you know, I had a, 
you know, I left, I, I was in retail. So for the most part, I was in retail for a long time. What brought you to New York in the first place? Uh, what brought me to New York was uh, life, honestly. I was, I was kind of bored, you know, I was, I grew up in San Francisco, okay. did the whole nightclub scene. And you just thought like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to try something different. I'm going to go to New York. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I shot down to LA cause I thought I was going to get into acting and I was, you know, I was okay. interested in that and All I was right. studying theater and blah, blah, blah. Um, LA wasn't my thing, you know, and uh, I moved back to San Francisco for a second, just having fun, not really having any direction in life and and i caught uh, i caught a wave because a friend a girlfriend of mine she said uh yo um i'm thinking about moving to new york my mom is scared of you know me moving by myself what are you up to these days it was such a random conversation right. and um and uh I, you know i actually didn't have anything really going on so she offered to pay my way to New York. Oh, nice! Whoa. She covered all the expenses. I got to move into uh, an apartment for free, and I just oh, had nice. to, I just had to pay rent. I just nice. get on the plane, get yourself a plane ticket, uh, get there, and move to New York with me. I was like, "Fuck, cool!" Let's and go. if there's any time, like you're young, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, you, you're kind of still trying to figure out what you're gonna do. Oh, I had no idea what I wanted. Right, to do. so like that's the time. That's that's when you go. But yeah, but when I moved to New York, because I left uh, four years of working luxury retail, mm -hmm. I moved to New York knowing that I wanted to do two things. I wanted I was gonna continue to DJ because I fell in love with DJing, but then I also knew I wanted to bartend. I wanted to okay. officially bartend. Um, and so before yeah. this, you were barbacking. So this was your no. I was you know after after I was barbacking, I got a couple bartending shifts here and there throughout San okay. Francisco. I did a little bit in LA. Um, but it never, I never found anything that stuck. So it wasn't, it was always there, but it didn't really, I didn't really land anything solid until I moved to New York. Right. Yeah. So yeah, so I moved to New York and um, and that's where during that time I moved was when, it was like back in 2003, was when this whole cocktail renaissance thing started. Yeah, that in. was when it was starting, 2003. Yeah, yeah so the cocktail renaissance kicked in. Yeah. And, and I happened to be around a lot of young bartenders that were being influenced by, by um, well, you had that one, you had that one legend, the one legend, Dale DeGroff, who was, mm -hmm. who was really, he was, he was godfather of the cocktail resurrection, you know, For the sure. revolution. But I also worked at a restaurant that encouraged me to explore flavors okay. and, you know, I didn't really know much about bartending other than I can make a badass Long Island. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and back then, oh, you got a Long Island. It. I got you. I got you with the Cosmo. And uh, oh, I go. saw. I did when I was in when I was bartending in L.A. for that little bit. I was there right when the Apple Martini hit. Oh God, I remember when that oh, yeah. was a thing, man. Dude, so Apple I was an Apple Martini. Did we our prep? Our prep, so we, we did our prep. Our prep was, you know, all the, the basic prep, like your, your mise en place and all that shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you set up, that took, that took a few minutes. But I had to cut apple, apple, uh, full apples. Uh, like fans? Not fans, but the, just but sections. You weren't, you weren't using those oh. for, for flavor. They were no, that was, that was a garnish. Right? Yeah. So yeah, we yeah. spent more time cutting apple garnishes because we were banging out so many apple <laughs> yeah, martinis. Yeah. 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 Anyways. 
because it's funny is it's like you you look at it now and you cringe at what's in an apple martini, man. Like <laughs> fun though. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know what? But the girls liked them, right? Because back then, like all the company oh, Christmas every, parties, everybody everybody's drinking. Oh, like if, yeah. Super simple, yeah. but man, they were we were just going through so right. many of those, man. Wow. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. Okay. Where are we at? Timekeeper? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So yeah, I got introduced to the cocktail uh, cocktail culture, and I started getting serious about it. Uh, and also, when you're, I talk about this a lot. It's um, being at the right place at the right time, but yeah. also being prepared. Yeah, is really important because once I got turned on to this whole cocktail thing, I wasn't necessarily a a bartender who focused on the history and all that. Although I did later, I started digging into it. It was more of uh, what was happening now, what flavors were popping right now. Right. Uh, the whole, you know, the restaurant I worked in focused on a lot of, uh, it was an Australasian restaurant. Australasian. Yeah, so, so yeah, Australian, Asian. Australian, uh, New Zealand influence by Asian flavors. And Asian flavors. Yeah. yeah. So you're talking about, was it public? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. To, yeah man, so I used to bartend at public. That's where, that's where really, I, I really cut my teeth at public. And that exposed me to the industry, but it also exposed me to a lot of brand people. Okay. Because, you know, in any mate spot. Yeah, in any, any mate, well, any city now, if you work at the hottest spot, most likely they're going to be brand people or sales reps that are going to, you know, they, they're going to want to know who these bartenders are. They just, you know, it's our job to make friends with the hot bartenders that are doing really cool stuff or yeah. really cool bartenders. So I was exposed to that. And I, so I started building, I realized there was value in this culture and value in this network. So, I, you know, I used these places that I would work in New York as my, my platform to build my network. Uh, and then, so I, you know, I started working with brands. I started doing events, blah, blah, blah. But what's, I think what's really relevant in this conversation was, uh, you know, at some point I met a few other Filipinos. Yeah. Because uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are all Filipinos <laughs> sitting right. here right now. Filipino is, connections. There is some serious Asian. Right now. Serious Asian <laughs> persuasion happening right That's now. Right. You better watch out, girl. That's Lock right. up your daughters. We're no, coming, no, no. We're coming out, for girl. you. Watch out, Coming girl. for you. So anyways, yeah. So <laughs> I, I met. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. So I started bartending, but there weren't any other Filipinos in New York bartending at the time. Actually, no. I say I take that back. There was one. Uh and that one bartender who happened to be Filipino as well, uh, that's when we started using mixologist, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That Mixolo almost, the mixologist term started popping up. That term's almost like, it's, yeah, It's I just know. played out, right? Y yeah. It will, you know what? It, it still pays. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it still pays. It's still a term everyone uses. Yeah. But anyway, so I met this guy. Um, we became friends naturally because we were the only... Filipinos in this, you know, running around this whole scene. And then eventually, uh, he opened a Filipino restaurant, Maharlika. I'll draw, I'll name drop. Oh, really? Yeah. So he, okay. he ended up opening Maharlika with the other partners. I know Maharlika. Yeah. The other yeah. partners that were involved too. And I met them and it was, it was cool for me because it was cool to find other Filipinos at the time because... I didn't really know many Filipinos in New York. Right. You know how I know Maharlika? I think I've seen it in a couple of YouTube videos. 
Oh yeah, yeah. There was yeah. there was a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know it was it was one of that's the... where they would go. Like if they say they want, oh, let's try some authentic Filipino food, or let's, you know, like the food bloggers and stuff would go. Yeah, there, you know. Yeah. So Maharlika, I you know I I started connecting with them. I was there. I was hanging with them since their pop up before they even opened a brick and mortar, and it was, it was ground zero for the Filipino food movement. All right. Yeah. Okay. I see where yeah. you're going now. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So because yeah. I felt connected with them as Filipinos and I, I saw what they were doing, I was like, oh, okay. This is where me not hanging around with so many Filipinos. Now I had a place where I was like, oh, okay. Now I can start reconnecting. Right. Because I think we all grew up as Filipinos. We grew. I mean, we might have grown up around a lot of Filipinos, but there was this whole different mentality of. I've always been it. like that out here. Well, there's, because, I think there's an emphasis on assimilation when you're a kid. Yeah, and especially when your parents are immigrants. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah, and that's 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 it. It's assimilation. You know, it's it's. Like for me, growing up, right, I was always looking for my tribe, right, mm-hmm. and. No matter where I was, I never really felt like I was in. Because mm-hmm. the thing about us, right, is, you know, we grew up here in the States. So you go to the Philippines, they're like, oh, you're not really Filipino. You're from the States. Oh, yeah. But, then, I, but yes. then here in the States, 100%. you're not really you're not really American because you're brown. Yeah. You know, yes. Because you're immigrants. Yeah. Right? So, like, you, you're, you live in this, like gray space mm-hmm. right so totally. no matter like if you hang out with people that don't look like you they're like what's wrong with you you know how come you don't hang out with your own kind yeah you know then you hang out with your own kind they're like what's wrong with you you live in america you should be like you know you should be with other people like you know diversity what's wrong with your diversity you know like mm. you can't win you know no no matter where it is so like you know me growing up out here too it was it was like who were my tribe you know like do I do I hang out with other Filipinos and do I get lumped into this like you know, to this thing where like I'm categorized and I'm right and right I'm, and I'm uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Pigeonholed. Uh, yeah, pigeonholed or like whatever this you know um, I can't think of the word but like uh, anyway the word will come to me. Mm-hmm. Stereotyped. Yes, 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 yes. Stereotyped. Or do I assimilate with my multicultural friends who I don't really fit in with because, and this is no diss to them, but like I'm not Indian or I'm not not Hispanic. Like I don't really fit in, but am I supposed to assimilate with them because I'm in America? You know, like, you know what I mean? Like I don't have a place. Right. Yeah. So I get what you're saying because even in this tiki world and it's like that. Like yeah. I do this whole lecture about like the history of Filipino immigrants and Filipino influence in tiki. But where the hell are they all? Right. You know? Right. Right? So like I it's like it's like really just us. <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, I mean that's what was cool about connecting with you and knowing that you were giving that presentation is it was it was is it felt like a full circle moment. For me, yeah. For yeah. me too. It also it also validated validated the work that we were we're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think that was really cool. Yeah, um, 
All right, so you know, I'll finish my story. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, no, it's all good. It's just, I just want to get over talking by myself. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to get it done. You're good, man. You're good. <laughs> Everyone's on the edge of their seat. People want to hear your story, bro. People want to hear your story. So, anyways, yeah. So they, you know, Maharlika was a thing. It, it definitely broke some ground. Um, and then, not too much longer after that, I had the opportunity to uh, jump in on the next concept. And uh, actually, I was a financial investor on top of, you know, the sweat equity, the blood, right. sweat. And You're tears. one of the founding partners. Yeah. Yeah. yeah of, uh, of Jeepney. Jeepney. Yeah. In yeah. East Village in Manhattan. Um, and that was a fucking ride. It was a fun program, too. I love yeah, that. That, that, that was, was a ride. That Langanisa, was Langanisa Sazerac that you had on? Or was that later? Did that come later? Dude, I gave jello that recipe yes i'm saying it's, i'm like yo i love that drink dude. i i was it, it was my my because when i when that cocktail came out i i was working with uh hennessy mm. and my favorite cocktail still to this day uh would be a cognac sazerac one of my favorites mm -hmm. i should say one of my favorites anyways yeah so we did a, so i did a, you know I, I was able to explore flavors and and not just flavors, it was, um, okay, so it was flavors like the Ampalaya. Yeah, oh you know? yeah. Bring wow. that out. Yeah. Bring that out. Uh, Let me start by saying, too, I love the name, right? Jeepney? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, I guess, I mean, I guess for our listeners that aren't familiar with that, right? I mean, I don't know how people, how, how familiar Yeah, so I, 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 I'm sorry to our listeners that are not familiar because as a Filipino-American, I assume that people know these things, but a jeepney is a vehicle that was brought over for the war effort, yeah. right? When the Americans the were in the Philippines for World War II, and they they left them there after the war was over. These were jeeps. These were utility vehicles that were retrofitted, were, were retrofitted, yeah, and, and turned into public in transportation, right? So a uh, public pro but private owned. Privately so, owned. So families owned, got the yes. opportunity to, to start a business in transportation. And I, I have, I, I'm going to jump in because I, I yeah, used to have to talk right. about this a lot. Um, anyhow, but the, 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 the recovered uh, military Jeeps were taken over by small families or, you know, to, to decorate and they were super flamboyant the, super flamboyant yeah, yeah. yeah the, the paint jobs the artwork the every single the, one the yeah. lights yeah right. yeah so google that google jeepney and you'll see google jeepney and mm. click on Great images search. yeah, yeah, and, yeah and you'll it's see it's wild and uh i love it man yeah i love it yeah it's yeah so that was a fun ride man and you know what it, it also it was cool because i didn't after that, after it long, after we opened, I didn't have to go too far to tap into my culture. Yeah, because mm -hmm. because we created a culture hub. Yeah. Now you guys were you, were you doing authentic food? Were you doing fusion? Were you doing your own take on some of the authentic dishes? You love and hate those questions. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure every. Filipino American restaurateur loves and hates those questions. Yeah. Um, okay, so the truth is, it is authentic. The food was authentic to who was making it. And that's gotcha. always gonna be the answer because the challenge is that Filipino Americans love uh, 
love to chismis and love to, you know, there's part of that's part of the culture yeah. too. Uh, that's why there's a restaurant named after it, right? In New York. Anyhow, the biggest complaint with, or the biggest challenge, I should say, is that there would be Filipinos that would call it inauthentic, mainly because it didn't taste like their, their moms, their, yeah. their lolas, their right. dads, or right. whatever. Right. And that's not the point of opening a restaurant. Yeah, It'll a, never be authentic to that person because they're not cooking it. I have an opinion slash perspective about authentic slash inauthentic slash fusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my thought is I love the authentic cooking, mm-hmm. right? Um, of course I'm going to love the authentic cooking. But I also love creativity. I love seeing what someone does with a traditional dish and elevating it. That's why I love craft cocktails. I don't drink craft cocktails to get drunk. I could do that with a tequila shot. I I love (laughs) the the creativity of a a well thought out, well balanced cocktail with a story or coming it's it's artisan work for mm-hmm. me. It it it's like gourmet cooking, right? So I love fusion when it's done well and I and I I love that authentic, inauthentic, I don't care. This is the thing that bugs me about fusion. Mm-hmm. People that are not Filipino, they won't try it. A lot of times, unless it's like, oh, there's this new Filipino fusion place. We should go check it out. Yeah. Well, you know what? There's an authentic one down the street that's been there for 30 years. Have right. you been? Right. You know, like, it, they, they'll only try it unless it's like some new, trendy, you know, place with like, you know, with the lights and the glitter and the all-star bartender. It's, it's, it's almost insulting to me. Yeah. It's like, is our authentic yeah. food not good enough for you? I, I think it's it's a, a tricky thing, but I think you know those attitudes are changing. I think a lot of the xenophobia that surrounds um, what it is to be Filipino, a lot of the mysticism around it. I think people over the past few years, just Americans in general and broader society, it seems like people are more interested in 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 what like our culture has to offer. Um, I mean, just by a numbers game, if you grew up on either one of the coasts odds are you probably have a couple Filipino friends at this point. Yeah, you know sure. I mean? yeah. And it's yeah. like, I think it's, there's been a real, it's just, kinda... it's still, it's, it's just one of these things that like, like, and I love that Ube is out there now. Right? Yeah. Every bar's got an Ube cocktail. Trader but, Joe's got, has like three but, or four items with Ube in it. Yeah. Yeah. But real, what really bugs me is that, you know, people are, they think that's just this new thing that they discovered. You know, oh yeah, like I was in the Philippines, so I'm gonna make this ube cocktail now because I, I was there and I, you know, and I had ube, and I'm thinking like, you know what? Like I, I remember when I was younger and people making fun of that bright purple uh, yeah. cupcake that I had in my in my my bar one, right? <laughs> and it's just like you know, this is from my culture. Why are you laughing at me? You know, like, and then now, like 30, 40 years later, you want to make a cocktail with it because you just discovered it. You know, yeah. it's it's I don't know. So maybe I'm maybe I'm being too curve. sensitive. Maybe I'm being too. No, 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 that's real. I mean, I feel it's a little we trauma there. I can yeah. feel the trauma. I can feel the trauma. <laughs> I mean, it, well, it, it comes from me not always feeling. Yeah, like I no, fit I, in. no, I hear you. You know, no, no, I totally get that. But it's just one of those things. At the end of the day, you know, when it comes to ube, you know, they're using our word. Right. And mm-hmm. there's there's uh, I mean, there's a lot that comes with the idea of, you know, even if it it took a while for people to catch on, there is an acknowledgement. There's an interest 
through the lens of our cuisine that you're getting people more interested than they would have been because I feel like when we were when even when I was growing up I'm a little younger than you guys but it's the the default thing is just like oh I don't know what that is like I'll dismiss it right or yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I don't have any interest in that whereas now I think especially with young people you see that they're they're there's a lot more like kind of curiosity um, about Filipino culture about just all the and, you know and we live in a, different than they grew we up we live with. in a different world now like with internet yeah people are exposed to other the cultures a lot smaller. smaller yeah. 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 Well, there's so, also yeah, there's also a lot of cultural pride now yes. with Filipinos. I and think I, that's really important. And I think yeah. that's something that you know, I, I got to say, one of the silver linings of, of of quarantine, not to be insensitive to, you know, the all of the loss and and suffering that happened as a result of uh, of of you know the pandemic and everything, but like you know, people, everybody, the world stopped for a second. Everybody had some time. And I think that people, at least me, observing other people, it seemed like the there was a lot more ownership that people started taking about, you know, their heritage and, and questions mm-hmm. of you know where they come from, where their where their like where their ancestors came from. Like, and not to say that that that's defining and and the only uh, the only factor in who they are, but I think a lot of more people, especially here in the states. Like took ownership over it, acknowledged it. Well, I guess acknowledged it, took ownership over it, and then they started to take pride in it. You know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. that's like a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. And you see all of these faces in entertainment, in the music industry, and yeah. like the all of the arts. It's like it's, love it. It's it's awesome. Yeah. It's like it's. I mean, when I was a kid, I feel like who did, there was. Um, I remember there was. Ernie Reyes Jr. In, oh yeah, uh, oh yeah. In Remember that Turtles guy? Two. Yeah, I was, and, like, uh, oh, I was like, oh, that guy. I don't. And then and Dante Rufio. Bosco. Yeah, Dante Bosco. And like, which we yes. who... shout out to the Bosco family. Oh, yeah. That's right. So rad. Um, but now we got we got Manny Pacquiao and Lea Salonga and like oh, and, so and, and Bruno Mars, man. So yeah, yeah so all these all, all these artists. I mean, there's Olivia Rodrigo. There's uh, there's her. Right, there's right. all. It's like I mean. Yes. And what's Saweetie? There's like a yeah. There's, it's, you can't you can't and throw Tomas de los Reyes <laughs> from Jeepney somewhere out there. Oh yo! Shout out to Guap Dad. Yeah, Guap dude, Dad Four Thousand. Nice man. Like that, he's he's from the Bay, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, I remember I was like during was during quarantine. I like oh I yeah, Pilo, Pilo. There you go. Dude, yeah, it's like Filipino people are like more and more visible uh, as Philams, and it's like it's it's cool. It's cool because you know you grow up. You don't see you don't see yourself on TV. You don't see yourself on movies. Right. You don't see yourself represented, right? And that's unmistakably, unquestionably, that's changed since we were younger. Yeah, you yeah. We can do a lot of shout outs on this too. You know, yeah. This, <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, let's do the shout outs. Why not? Let's give them a place to the sun. So, I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you about no, the Jeepney story. So tell us more about that because. Oh, oh, wait, just to stay on this tangent for a second, I feel yeah. like, you know, the question of authenticity, you know, I mean, that's yes, certainly one yeah, thing. I feel like, like we still need to. Yeah, like, I mean, for me, it's always, you know, authenticity can be great. Uh, it's not the only factor. I think more important to me is is sincerity, right? It's like the idea of like, sure. does this person, is this person or these people, are they putting forth something that they feel good about, that they, that, that, they, that, that, that resonates with them and that's mm-hmm. something they're trying to share with other people, right? Whether it's because their their neighbor whose house they went over as a kid was Filipino or, you know, their grandma was Filipino right. or, you know, it's just something that they, they had a trip and that really made right, an impact right, on them. Right. It, what matters, to me at least, I think more is like, is this person doing this? Intent. 
Yeah, it's like, is this coming from their heart? And like, yeah. when it, whether it's food or, 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 or drinks or anything else, is... You know what I mean? like, Or are they put, trying to exploit a new trend? Right? Sure, yeah. yeah, One, yeah. The, so it's like, you know, the idea of... It's not this black and white dichotomy between what's old and what's new. It's just like, is this person... Does this person really give a shit or not? You know yeah. what I mean? And that's, that's I think, you can tell. Yeah. Yeah, so just to piggyback on all that, um, when you talk about authentic and inauthentic, mm. you know, what does authentic mean to you? Back, so, we, you know, as part of our thought process back then, what does authentic mean to you? It means home cooked, but in a lot of ways, it meant uh, some of these mom and pop restaurants, but also the steam table, the turo turo, right? These are the turo turo is the um, is the steam table restaurants that you would pull up to. So you think if, if that if that is your idea of authenticity in Filipino food, then there's then well that's where the challenge was. Yeah, because also yeah. that's like that was that's a, a, a modern convention too, right? Like how long have have Turo Turo's existed either here or abroad? You know what I mean? Like a hundred years ago? Did yeah. They have the, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's, 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 like a, it's, a, part, it's a part of the culinary history of Filipino and how it's presented. But things are always changing, yeah, right? Things when I was a kid. Yeah. I remember one of my memories from the Philippines was the Toho guy. Oh, yeah. So oh, he, would, yeah. he would ring the doorbell. So he'd yes. ring the doorbell and he'd have a stick over his shoulder and he'd have a bucket on each side mm-hmm. hanging from each side of the stick. And I think he had taho on one side, and he had ginatan on the other side. Oh, <laughs> wow. And at that point, like, I remember we'd open the door, and it was, it was like the ice cream man here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the ice cream man comes going down the street, and you just get excited that this guy's selling dessert in your neighborhood. Yeah. You know, it door to door. Walking around in flip-flops, shorts, yeah, yeah. tank top, so, and uh, bamboo. Yeah, so that was always, pole that was hanging always over. cool. You know, so yeah, that's a, that's a, point, a form of, like, you know. Toro Toro, right? You're pointing yeah. like which one you want. Well, I would always get stoked about. And this is weird. I was a weird kid, but like the Balut guy when I was the Balut uh, guy. Oh, yeah, it's, it's my 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 mom's dad, my Lolo, and then my dad. That's you know they didn't get, they didn't see eye to eye on a lot of stuff. But the one thing is like, whenever the Balut guy came around, they'd be like, "Yeah, we're we're getting down on this." And then I was like, it. "What is this stuff?" You guys need to understand what Balut is. It's because like, it's I think like a lot of our listeners know because in, in the show, it's this perfect, so, like complete. Oh, it's so good. Let's something talk about I used Balut. to do every year on my it's birthday best, best when you're drunk, at Tiki Tea. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So something I used to do on my birthday every year at Tiki Tea was I would bring Balut with me. <laughs> so I would. I started with a dozen, right? Uh-huh. And. Um, so I have this thing in my head that I live by. It's called you versus yourself. What it means is that we're mostly self-defeating, right? The reason why we don't do something or we don't achieve something is because we talk ourselves out of it. Or oh, fear, yeah. oh my fear yeah. of failure or whatever it is always comes time, from inside right? first. So I would do this, this exercise where I would bring a dozen balut on my birthday to Tiki Tea. And a lot of people would be like, Oh God! Like, wow! Well, I I can't! I can't! Or even even days before they'd say, "Oh, I can't!" And I'm and I'm like, "Dude, you're all you've already lost, and I don't even have it. It's not even gonna be here until Friday <laughs> or whatever, right?" Do the because they've already, they've already they've well, already I'll they get into that. Out. They've already psyched themselves out. They've already failed oh, themselves. So, so the first <laughs> time I did it, the first time I did it, I brought a dozen, and then. The last egg wasn't eaten until 
maybe 11 o'clock at night. So for those that don't know, balut is a, it's a fertilized duck egg. It's a duck egg that's been steamed, and so it's cooked. So you're not eating a raw egg, but the, the fetus is still inside the egg. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really a mind over matter. This is, that's the whole point of you versus yourself, because if you eat a balut, if you close your eyes, you wouldn't know that you're eating a fetus. It tastes like a hard-boiled egg. Yeah. Well, it's it's but it's like so much more delicious. It's just yeah, it's, just it's like got so more flavor. There's a little extra yeah, to it. Sure. A little soup oh, in there. Oh, it's got broth. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 it's, it's like, the best. All you need is a pinch of yeah, salt. Yeah, it's good. So it, especially if it's freshly steamed, oh, right? Yeah. So in the yeah. Philippines, so here in the states, right, or specifically California, you walk out of a bar. There's a taco cart on the sidewalk. In the Philippines, it's a balut cart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so in the Philippines, it's a delicacy. It's drinking food. It's 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 daily stuff, right? Got so. So you know, yeah, I would does. do this on my I do this on my Filipino birthday, Gatorade. <laughs> and that and that first year it 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 would last until like eleven o'clock at night, one dozen, and after like five or six, seven years, it was um, I'd be bringing in two dozen, and it'd be all gone in the first thirty minutes because my friends knew that like oh yeah, that's nothing. Let's give me one of those. I'll do one of those with you, and we'd all go outside, and we'd all line up for a photo. We'd all do the balut together, and you know sometimes they'd put some. They'd ask for hot sauce, or they'd ask for <laughs> you know whatever, yeah. right? That's what I, I don't care. What, I don't care what it takes for you to to take it down, but the fact that like you did it because it's my birthday tradition mm-hmm. was it was flattering to me, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've had friends that like looked at me and said, you know what, I'm doing this because I'm your friend, but the truth is. I hate it. Every year, I hate when we do this every year, but at least I can do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, because it's just a fertilized, it's just an egg. It's right to yeah, yeah. egg, right? So um, so that's what the balut is. And so like, they're probably like, listen to these guys that were all like, oh yeah, oh. <laughs> you know what? Don't knock until you try it. Exactly, no, it's right? Exactly. So. It's just, you know, it's sad that they put it on fear factor. Well, the thing, too, about Fear Factor is that they serve all the food that they make them eat in the worst possible way. So I think they just – so they'll say, like, oh, you're eating, like, bulls balls or you're eating cow intestine or whatever, right? Yeah. I think they just boil it with no – well, it's not a dish, right? Yeah, it's, it's just, just a thing. It's, it's just a, they turn it into a thing, just enough to not make them sick. Well, yeah, the thing is, exactly. You know, it? it was like the '90s. It's like it wasn't the most <clears throat> diverse it's, it's TV. Uh, cast, of, right? They, you know they, what they mean? want, like, they yeah. want, they want it's the shock uh, value that played yeah. on like xenophobia that was just based on unfamiliarity, right? That's yeah, all it was, yeah. but. I don't know. We keep interrupting Tomas. Oh yeah. No. No. Hey. I no. I. I. There's. I don't know what else to say. You know. It's. I never made it over to Jeepney. I always wanted to go there. It was a fun. It was a vibe, man. Yeah. So especially like yeah. year one. That was that place was. Oh yeah. It was. Oh, it was so much fun. So you guys knew each other out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We. Yeah. We knew each other in New York. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a whole other story to why oh, we're yeah. sitting here together right now, okay. too. Well, so that's right. yeah, yeah. I'll let you. But you know, you were talking about cocktails, and I mean, you, we, you know, we can have a whole session on Ben and his cocktail background, his cocktail style, his presentation style. We can know. talk about that when we when we film a video. Yeah. So so let's oh, talk sure. about Ben's story because. You know, like, I'm really impressed by you guys. Like, the entrepreneurship coming from you guys. I know that Ben was a restaurant owner as well. Well, I think a lot of that has to, you know, the, uh, part of that is, you know, whether consciously we acknowledge or not, there's a certain thing where, like, again, growing up, 
like brown folks in the, in this country, children of immigrants, there's certain things where like, you know, I, I don't know if I can't just speak if like the experience was the same for for you guys or for everyone, but I, for me it was one of those things where it's just. I always felt like every room I was in, I was just getting kind of sized up a little differently. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, it's one of those things. I mean, there's always a question of like, I was always all, I was already, always, always the other guy in a room, at least for most of my childhood. I remember, you know, as a kid, there was one time we were playing at my friend's house. We must've been second or third grade. Uh, my friends, I don't know. We were playing Manhunt or something. And then, uh, two of my friends, they like lock themselves in, um, their parents' car. There's four of us out there. We're kind of like all just, you know, like slapping on the windows, just like, you, you know, just being kids and stuff like that. And then some of, there was like one of the panels got pushed in, not even on the side of the car that I was on. Uh, I, I don't want to name any names because I'm still, you know, I still know some of my, my childhood friends, but um, they, mom comes home, she sees like one of the, the panels pushed in and she's like, immediately beelines right to me and is like, what did, like, what did you do? I'm just like, I didn't, I didn't do that. Right. You know what I mean? Right. This whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Like, you know, my, my parents got called. I'm, like, furious. I'm like, I didn't do that shit. Like, uh, and and um, my dad comes over. Like, he's, uh, he was, at the time, he, my, he he and his brother had started a business at that point. He, he started, he was in working in the banks, and he hated it. Um, he had to save some money up. Him and his brother opened, like, an import-export store with a Turo Turo, actually. My dad's helped. Wait, like with, a Johnny Air? Yeah, but in, like, in, in, in Passaic, it's called Maharlika Orient. Okay. It was, like. Pro, it had to have been six times the size of Johnny Air. Not that I mean, I love Johnny Air, but it's like you know, it's yeah, it's East tiny. Coast, East, East Co- Village, East, East Village, Village real yeah. estate is not not uh, inexpensive. But yeah, um, Johnny Air is a legendary little Filipino grocery and mm-hmm. in the East Village and all right, Main State's yeah. been there. It's kind of been there what yeah, forty yeah. years or something. Cool, like cool that. people, yeah, super nice. Um, but yeah, my dad he comes like a you know they're 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 on the phone. The, my friend's mom's yelling like the his, his dad comes home they're both like screaming at me like oh yeah what the f-? like i didn't i didn't fucking do it my my friends me and all just standing there like twiddling their thumbs like not no one's saying a word because you know they don't want to get in trouble but um my dad comes up he goes up like he's like wait in the car i i see them through the window my friend's parents are joined and he goes he's i see him peel off a couple like hundreds off of out of out of like whatever he had in his pocket and he just like hands us them beelines to the car and i'm just like dad why did you pay wait them? he like, what yeah i'm just like dad i didn't do that i didn't do that he's like one you gotta one thing you gotta realize is like if if you like you you gotta be aware of where you are and i'm like and it's like he knew that it was a hard thing for me to take it was just like you know if you're if you're if you're, you're sometimes you're just gonna get blamed for stuff and you can't just don't put yourself in those situations it's like Oh, what the hell? <laughs> you know what I mean? That was the first time I like took my Americanness uh, with a grain of salt. It was I must have been like eight or nine. Dude, that's know? crazy. And so that was a pretty formative experience to me. I, like it, it led to me acting out in other ways, getting pretty hot headed. I got in a lot of fights when I was a kid. Um, but that's not that's not either here or there. You know what I mean? Just like I'm not. I'm yeah. like, but at this at the. Basically, I grew up in Jersey, um, part of a big, big, big Catholic family. Um, I only say that because, you know, uh, everyone had a lot of kids. Right, <laughs> like right. My dad's yeah. one of seven, uh, five That's of how my parents were. My yeah. mom had five siblings. My dad had six. Yeah. Something like that. Um, yeah. <clears throat> my 
my dad's family, uh, I think, was it four, five? Four of his siblings married, like, New Jersey Italians. But um, there were 17 or 18. There's 18 of us first cousins. Wow. So we were, like, big family. It was cool. We, like, we all grew up, like, super close to each other. We knew each other. Like, we were seeing each other probably when I was really little every other week, if that. But, um, yeah, I grew up in Jersey. I went to high school in New York for a little bit. Finished high school in Jersey. Went to Rutgers. You know, I was like, I was, school was was whatever. But I, I mean, I, 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 I went on a scholarship. I very quickly did not have that scholarship anymore. And uh, so I started bartending when I was eighteen. And um, from there, I kind of, I finished school, put myself through, and. Um, I, I got like a, my first adult quote-unquote job in in Manhattan working in Soho with a do you guys know do you guys remember the Japanese denim company Evisu yeah yeah, yeah. So that was my first job out of college I was working in marketing for them I was like there's this web this oh thank you very much Amy. um this men's I guess it was mostly menswear this website called super future I was a super I was I, again going back to me being a weird kid Got super into Japanese repro denim when I was like in high school. Couldn't afford it, but once as soon as I started making money, that's something I got real into. And then um, I don't know. I did it for a while. It was fun. I was there for about a year. I was still bartending on the weekends. First it was just Fridays, <clears throat> then it was Fridays and Saturdays, and it was just like I found myself looking forward to the weekend, not because you know I was off of off of work, but because I was going to go work behind the bar, right? So you you just enjoyed bartending oh i loved it, it was, was it the creativity what, what was it was it the camaraderie with customers it was definitely it was it was it was the people you know i mean i i, I don't i i found my my voice creating cocktails like later in my life but um dude, i'll tell you like when i when i was 18 working in jersey somerset new jersey working at an italian restaurant like tablecloth uh during the days and i do doubles and then there was a a spanish tapas bar in the basement I changed my shirt from a white shirt to a I black shirt. I heard loincloth and Spanish topless bar. <laughs> <laughs> I did too. I was like, wow. Did a lot of things for money. At 18. Awesome. <laughs> no, but, uh, no, but I'll tell you, the first, the first cocktail I remember making, like, because uh, I was, I mean, not, not counting, like, white wine spritzers with Cabot, Prini, Pinot Grigio and stuff, but, like, I remember my first shift downstairs, um, Go, like setting up the bar. I don't know why on earth they decided to leave me by myself, but it was my first day. And um, the first dude comes in, he's right across from this courthouse. Uh, he goes, he sits down, I'll have a martini. I'm like, okay, yeah, I have my Mr. Boston's in the back, you know, I'm like going through, it's like, oh, okay. And I like go and find uh, this crusty, crusty ass bottle of uh, dry vermouth, probably been there. It's like half full, <laughs> probably been there for. I don't know, since the bar opened, maybe longer. <laughs> Scored like, for authenticity going, right yeah, here. And authenticity. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, like, I'm looking at the different gins. He's like, kid, what are you doing? I said, I want a martini. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. And uh, he's like, a martini is five ounces of Kettle One, and you shake it until there's snow on top. I'm like, 
yeah, okay, I could do that. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't say mixology was sort of like this. Was I've never what, had a martini like that. Oh, in Jersey in 2004, that's 100 percent what a martini was. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was I was drinking I was drinking those in LA in 2000. Yeah, that was my thing. Um, and you know, I mean, I, I got into it. It was like I I just liked the. I mean, for I've always been a night owl. Um, <clears throat> And the the bar was just a fun thing because you just you meet new people every single day, and yeah. that's like that was one of those things that was so exhilarating for me. So then I, you know from there, did the did the menswear thing for a little bit. After about a year, there's one day I was just like, you know what, I think I'm done with this. Like, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I like yeah. I walked down on Friday and just never came back. Uh, started I started to get real serious about working in bars. I worked all over. I was in. When I first moved to New York, I guess I was working in Williamsburg mostly. Uh, did some time in Park Slope, working in like whatever bars or restaurants would give me a shot. Um, my friends opened this rest this bar called Blueprint in Park Slope. That was super fun. That was like our that was my first foray into like real, real uh, like drink design. And then I guess you know I'd been out and on the just going to events and, and, and learning about stuff um, for a little while. And my, my friend and I guess one of my mentors, uh, Shingo, he was running the bar at Angel Share at the time. And he's like, hey, you should come work for us. Um, I know that bar too. Yeah, yeah. that place was legendary. Legendary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, how did you get Shingo to be your mentor? <clears throat> Shingo, he found me, dude. Like, I mean, I mean, I don't know what it was. We were all, it was a lot Match.com of... was in Philly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, it was yeah. I don't even. I feel like the. I don't even recall the first time we met. But it was um, it must have been at some industry event. You know, and there's always there's always a million. Yeah, yeah. In New York, so another legend in the industry. Okay. Yeah, he's Who's like ridiculously it, killing it globally. Okay. Dude, he's got like fucking ten bars now. He launched yeah. the show. You, he's doing. He's yeah, doing yeah, really yeah. well. Um, so having him as a mentor is. His. Yeah, it, yeah, definitely informed a lot of how I do things in my relationship with the industry. And then, um, you know, I guess I, I, the first two times you asked me, I was like, no, nah, I don't know, dude. Like, and it, uh, there was, it's just, I, I knew that it would entail starting over again because it's this sort of like Tokyo style bar that's existed in New York for, I guess the original location closed last year, but it was there for 30 years. They're doing a pop up in Midtown right now, and they're opening, the reopening in the West Village. But oh, they are nice. Yeah, it's like it's it's cool, and like it's a lot of my like uh, like my 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 super close friends and, and juniors that are kind of leading the charge right now. So I'm super proud of them and the things they're doing. But um, yeah, no, it's just one of those things. Like my what is it? My my mom's mom is like ethnically Japanese, and that was weird mm-hmm. for her, weird for my mom. But um. It's like he just he grabbed this kernel. He's like, "Yeah, you're part Japanese. You should just work here." I was like, "That's not a good reason." But uh, <laughs> like, I mean, know. it was it was a it was almost exclusive Japanese for a long time, right? Yeah, there was oh, it yeah. was almost for the first like I don't know fifteen or fifteen years or so or twenty years okay. maybe it was that was all that and then there's a few people there was my friend Kong who's from Thailand and then Jian oh, started before yeah, me yeah, he was, yeah. he's from Taiwan I was the first American born person there as far as I know yeah but um. That was, I mean, I was there for like five years. I was doing most, I mean, I got really into drink authoring then. That's where you and I first really started getting close. Um, so at this point, I guess, Jeepney had opened in the East Village. Um, you started working for uh, LVMH. And 
Yeah, man. Like, I feel like I, I, I totally looked up to you and the stuff because I feel like I was still cutting my teeth. I was still figuring out my space and yeah. this whole world. And I feel like your name kept coming up. And it was just one of those things where I, the more I talked to you, I was like, oh, well, you did this and you did this. And I feel like you were someone that I, I, I feel like I came to just ask a lot of questions to. Um, and, and in terms of like, I had no concept of how like any any of the like that that like next level of bar operation worked in terms of like you know um just working all the angles and all that stuff and and also i mean i feel like you definitely opened a lot of doors in the sense that like you were someone that was there in new york a bartender that people knew and like had notoriety whereas there really hadn't been anything like that before i don't think um i think again it was the philip it was part of the the filipino thing yeah 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 you know. and, I mean that was and that was one of the things for us you know because at the end of the day the New York bar industry is big but it's super small uh-huh. you know, people who are really doing shit there's like only a handful I mean that's I, not, I mean I don't want to make it sound like exclusive or anything like that because it's not but it's like in terms of people who are really who give a shit yeah there's yeah. not too too many people right and then um, so having you there and having someone that like you know I knew I shared all this stuff in common with and had these experiences and had been there before like just knowing that you had been there and you'd done stuff like that meant a lot to me. And just like, oh, in terms of opening my mind to the stuff that I could potentially do, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it was huge. Like you were the you, you took me to Scotland for the first time. I was there. Uh, that was crazy. That was a super fun trip. And um, I mean, you know what I mean? Like you, it really wasn't long before I like I really uh, started even internally considering you, you're, you're my kuya, right? And like, I feel like if I had a question about how this worked or what I should do, you were one of the first people that I would talk to about that stuff. And um, yeah, and for us working with Don Papa, it was you had met AJ, as I understand, on vacation a few years before. And one of our, one of our brand's um, uh, co-founders, like it was so it's, uh, the Don Papa is created by Stephen Carroll and uh, AJ Garcia. And I met them through Tomas, because Tomas, you met AJ, what, back in? 2013 in Manila. Mm-hmm. This oh. is when Don Papa. That's when it just, started. When they, they, they had just started. They were, they were doing some events. Um, I hadn't heard of the brand up until I got to Manila on that trip. And I stayed at a buddy's house. And he's like, help yourself. There's rum on top of the fridge. This guy right. had six bottles of Dom Papa on top of his fridge. All right. I was like, cool, I got to try this. So, boom. Anyways, yeah. So, that was my first time trying Dom Papa right off the plane into Manila. And uh, ended up meeting AJ at a, a Dom Papa event in Manila. And we, we, we stayed friends over the years. Yeah. Super good, dude. So, this is what I mean about just hearing your stories. This is what I mean about you guys. You got your ears to the street know what's happening in the uh in the bar world you know this whole filipino movement that you guys were part of in new york mm-hmm. that's yet to happen out here in la it's hey. weird okay i go feel ahead. like yeah i mean all i'm gonna say i feel like new york that that the 2000s and 2010s in new york was a weird time because you know as like such a lighthouse market as such a huge market in terms of volume and this is me now understanding sort of uh, how the brand side works, how the supplier side works, and what people want to see. You know, it was cool in a lot of ways because, I mean, 
everybody wanted to be in like the 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 the, the coolest best new places or not even new places but just the places that were relevant right and brands you know the the liquor industry was doing great and people they, there was money to be spent i remember i mean tomas took me to, to scotland for the first time but you know and not to not to get to self-aggrandize or anything but there was a period of time you know i was like really when i was really finding my voice i was doing a lot i was making sure i was i was out i was doing all the things i was here i was there i like was getting all these big consulting gigs and i was getting flown to bartend you know globally this all over yeah this guy's like been around country to country globally to country, which was you know i'm super grateful for but again you know if, if i hadn't had those experiences with you initially I don't know that I would have been like equipped to handle all that stuff. You know what I mean? Because I feel like I could speak candidly about you. I mean, can't candidly about what was going on with you. Yeah, you know yeah. Because I mean? yeah. like we were friends already at that point, and so like you know we could talk about like oh yeah. I mean, of course it it helps that like the your portfolio was super great, and I love the stuff that was there. But like just how these things work, like because uh, from the, the 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 top of the the the, the chain to like every single. Um, you know, bar and restaurant that stocks these things or sells any product. It's um, it's a lot. It's but a lot I guess to, what uh, I mean is um, like, you guys had Maharlika and you guys had Jeepney and and you guys were doing these interesting things with all the bars that you were working with as well. But like, what are our Filipino-owned bars out here? Well, uh, Kevin up in San Francisco. He has a, oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm talking about like because I'm a SoCal. Oh guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean the Buens like you know 1961. Yeah, that's but that's not really that's they're bars. they're kind of their own thing. You know sure. what I mean? When I'm talking about like today's like, cocktail landscape, you have what Jennifer? You know? Oh yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, Jennifer. They're they're, they're they killing it. Yeah, they're killing it. But they're 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 also like, I mean, who else is doing it? And they're a gin bar. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, it's that's also kind of its own thing. That's true, but you know, I, you know the Philippines is one of those things people sleep on it. But in terms of volume, th- this is what I mean. Like, you know, I would love to see that and be part of that down here in LA. Mm-hmm. You know, see that like uh, we had Mam Sir that didn't make it oh, through man, pandemic. I love that yeah, and no, they were, they Charles. Were, Charles was definitely killing it. Yeah, Charles great, was killing great it. program. Food was great. Yeah, and it was a hot spot. And it was, and they were doing some good cocktails there. Oh, right? they were great cocktails. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the pandemic. You know, you can't hold anyone. I mean, I closed my bar during pandemic, and I was. I mean, I no, we were, I'm not we holding killing, anybody. Like, I'm, no, no, I'm no yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that like it's unfortunate <clears throat> that the pandemic. Like, oh yeah. did what it did. But I think you see it. I feel like I. I mean, there's a lot of film young guns that are like doing a lot yeah there's a lot of talent yeah there's a lot of talent but the thing Um, is again there's a big problem in our industry there's not an enormous amount of mentorship you know what i mean like i had these people in my life that i could talk to right like talking to tomas talking to to shingo talking but like in terms of like you know opening a business yeah there's not really a roadmap you know what i mean it's yeah i know uh, and how many bars open just to close i just hear when i hear the stories about what you guys are saying that happened in new york it's exciting Mm -hmm. i just wish some of that was happening here. Yeah, I think I think, well, I think there, we'll see it pretty soon. There is, there's, there's definitely. I mean, the Filipino food movement start oh, yeah, might have Maynard's restaurants fucking killed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, might have started, might have yeah, started out yeah. there. I'm talking about he's not a bar though. But I mean, but he's next, working on his it. Next bottle. Oh, is he really? He's gonna have a ideally. Yeah, he, ideally he would have a bar with his restaurant. Okay. But you know, he just his brick and mortar is still new. 
Yeah. Yeah, dude, I, it's crazy to think he's he's gone done they've gotten all these awards, they've done all the stuff like It's crazy. It, and they've only been open for like half a year. You know, yeah, it's, it's like crazy. since the beginning of summer is when they open, it's right? Crazy. Like, he's on the what he's like on the like all of these lists. He's on the timeout best restaurants list. He's on uh, what a one. Yeah, LA, yeah, the LA, LA, yeah. LA weekly. Yeah. He's like he's they're killing because there's integrity to what they do. You know what I mean? They, and it's just good. It's so good. And it's, it's like so good. good. It's just good. So let's shout him out. So oh yeah, Kuya Lord guys. For all, on, all of our uh, listeners that Western. don't know, Kuya Lord K U Y A L O R D, right there in the heart of L A. Fire, super good. Yeah, order yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah <laughs> which we did the last time we yeah. were there. Yeah, right. So. But you, you, you have to try his lechon. Yeah, we did. We we did right. We did. We, we got for some. sure. Yeah, that's the destination. I also, mean, don't sleep on dessert. Man, that play everything they do there. Yeah, so everything. Yeah, yeah. We gotta go back, dude. Oh yeah, we gotta for go sure. back. Yeah. So I wanna go. Yeah. <laughs> so do I. Well, so I hate to cut this short. We're, we've we've reached the one hour mark. Okay. Oh yeah, we just gotten through intros. I, I know, right? We got through <laughs> intros. Um, but we will continue this into our videos. So if you guys are listening to this podcast, check out the YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash Polynesian Pop. Polynesian Pop. I know Filipinos are Austronesian. Mm-hmm. So why Polynesian Pop, right? Well, there's like a a conflict, or what is there's a. I think Austronesians inform. That I mean, I don't know. I don't want to well, get Well, I'll tell you why I use stuff, Polynesian like... pop. So I use Polynesian pop because we had this pop art movement, and then we had the Polynesian pop art movement. Right? Mm-hmm. The pop art movement was Andy Warhol, right, right, Lichtenstein, yeah. um, Keith Haring, right? Mm-hmm. But then in conjunction with that, which went largely unnoticed, there was the Polynesian pop art movement. It happened at the same time, right? 50s, 60s. And it was all the Polynesian-themed stuff. Right. right, and if you watch my lecture, largely influenced by the Filipino immigrants. Mm-hmm. So I use the term Polynesian pop to remind people to throw them out there that that would not exist without the the Filipino immigrants that were a part of that. So you know, plus sounds better than Austronesian pop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, Austronesian so that's Polynesian pop. YouTube.com/slash Polynesian pop. We're gonna do some cocktail videos right now. And if you guys are listening to this, you can also check the description. I'm going to put the links down there for the videos that we record. And we're going to talk a little bit more about cocktails here. We're going to have some stuff made with Don Papa from our friends at Don Papa. So you're not going to yes, want to yes, miss yes. that. So Stay tuned, y'all. <laughs> let's throw out all of the social medias for you guys, for all of our listeners, if people want to follow you on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. Okay. Uh, after you all right, uh, you can find me on the Instagrams <laughs> at Tomas Moves, T-O-M-A-S-M-O-V-E-S. He's the most stylish one on Instagram, by the way. Oh, when miles. I saw this for guy miles. for the first time, I was like, oh, man, like, I'm going to look like a bum next to this guy. <laughs> it's so stylish, everybody, man. Everybody, hey, everybody you know what? Like You're, the way you, the bumming that you style. The bumming is, that I style. Is, is stylish. <laughs> You're a stylish bum. It's okay. I always think like, is Tomas going to be there? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, all right, Ben, what about you? Um, on Instagram, I am, it's just my name, Ben Rojo, B-E-N-R-O-J-O. Um, you can follow us if you want to find out more stuff about what we're doing with Don Papa. There's our global account that's Don Papa Rum, and then uh, we have a new channel that we're we're launching to 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 really hone in on more of the stuff that me and Tomas and the rest of our team here in the states are, are working on. It's uh, 
Don Papa Rum dot underscore. No, it's dot. Is it dot is it, dot is us it? dot us dot sure, us? Yeah, underscore. Yeah, I know. It's, it's new. It's new. Okay, my bad. So it's Don Papa yeah. Rum dot, dot us. US. Yeah. Um, D O N P A P A R U M dot us. There you go. All right. Thanks for being on the show, you guys. Yeah. For, all, for all of our listeners out there, like I said, check out the YouTube for the for the videos. If you want to help support the show, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Polynesian Pop. We put out exclusive videos on there as well. So the stuff that you see on Patreon, you will not see on the YouTube. You will not hear on the podcast. Well, actually, you will because you get all that as well. But you will also see stuff there and hear stuff there that you won't get otherwise. And if you're a Patreon subscriber slash member... You get Frontal Land privileges for all kinds of stuff, for the tiki mugs and the room parties and all that kind of stuff. Because I know we're doing room parties again this year together. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So if you're a patron, you're in. And if you're not, you're going to have to find somebody who, who can help you out with that. That's right. <laughs> the private parties are fun. Last year, we did a nice party with uh, our friend that one tropical shakedown oh sunny yeah oh yeah so sunny. sunny who won a spot at tiki oasis was our personal bartender who's mixing up <clears throat> just the, the best cocktails his award-winning cocktail and it almost ran out during that party wait what was what's sunny's home bar called again oh the socialist he's at oh, the yeah, socialist yeah, yeah, yeah. Out, yeah. Out long beach and then we had we had Joey Bernardo, another yeah, yeah. another guy. Filipino uh, bartender. So Joey, let's shout him out. So he was at he's at Broken Shaker these days, right? But yeah. prior to that, he was at Harvard and Stone. Oh yeah, dude, yeah, yeah, for, yeah, for a while. I for think a long was like time. almost a decade. Well, apparently he still has shifts everywhere. So yeah, yeah. yeah apparently he can, apparently he can. He's the one guy in LA that can clock in to work a shift anywhere in LA. Like yeah, yeah, he works everywhere. So there you go. There you go. So, all right. So we're going to wrap this one up until the next time. Cheers. Aloha and Mabuhai. Mabuhai. Mabuhai.